I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Today, let's take our Bibles and go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and talk about some of the dynamics of God's kingdom today. I, I want to share some things with you as we, in a sense, go behind the scenes and take a look beyond the natural realm and peer into the spirit realm. This will help you understand why some things are the way they are and how they, they could be changed and you can walk in God's miracle blessing and God's miracle power. Praise the Lord. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask as we go into your word that your Holy Spirit would quicken the scriptures, that they would be alive unto us and that we can consume them just like with our natural body, we can consume food. Let us consume your word, uh, the Holy Scriptures. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for feeding us today with heavenly manna, your word in Jesus' name. And we agree around the world and say, Amen. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, before we jump into verse 1, uh, let me just say a thank you to everybody sewing into the fence project so that we can put a fence around the, the ministry property. And also those of you that are sewing into the hangar project, we appreciate that as well as we are tackling two projects at the same time, moving them both forward by the grace of God. Thank you for your uh, participation in these two projects. Praise God. Uh, you can see those on the ministry website if you would like to participate in those projects as well. Uh, also, uh, every Thursday, a little reminder, we have our Pure Gold television program. It's airing on ISN. That would be the It's Supernatural Network. It comes on three times every Thursday, and all, all of the times are Eastern time, okay? So you can watch it anywhere in the world on the internet right now. So uh, it's very easy to find. Uh, it airs at 4.30 in the morning, 12.30 noon, and 8.30 in the evening. And ISN streams on different platforms, but they stream on YouTube 24-7 every day it's on. So if you want to go to YouTube, that's a good place to watch it. Uh, that way it's, you know, it's smoother, less buffering than other various platforms that it also can be seen on. So uh, take your pick, but we're on every, every Thursday, three times a day on ISN. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, all of our Pure Gold Covenant partners and ministry friends, everybody that sewed into the uh, television programs. Thank you so much. For helping us to complete the phase one of those of those programs that came out beautiful and of course they're up and airing right now with the new one coming up tomorrow praise God okay Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 I want to read this to you in the Amplified Bible because the Amplified uh, Bible gives up it brings out the Greek in a little little more of a full way uh, if we brought out the Greek into English in the fullness you know, our, our, our Bible would be like this thick. So, uh, I love the Greek language. I know a lot of people are, are into the Hebrew language. Not, I love the Hebrew language uh, of which the Old Testament was written in. But for me, I've always been more drawn towards the Greek. And uh, I love uh, the Greek language. And after all, the Lord chose to have the New Testament recorded in Greek. So, uh, th this is fascinating. Let me read this to you from the Amplified Bible. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, 
and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. I want you to catch that first part. Uh, this is a very broad definition, kind of like a part A and part B, but catch that first part again. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. Okay, so it's the title deed of what it is you're hoping for and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Praise God. So because it can't it can't be connected with by the physical senses, this is something spiritual. Faith is not in your body, faith is not in your head, faith is in your heart. In other words, faith is in your inner being. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, revealing to us the element that faith is a title deed. It's a title deed. So, the title deed is something that we have to be aware of because I think, I think we're beginning to lose the value or maybe the the reality of what it is that we're going towards, because title deeds are, are pretty much faked out today. Um, what do you mean by that, Pastor Stephen? Well, if you go to a car dealership to buy a car, the focus today on the you know on the the delivery of the salesman of what he's going to present to you is not even the price of the car. The price of the car is sometimes not even really brought up. If you don't even ask, they're not even going to really bring it up. I know people negotiate off the MSRP, manufactured su suggested retail price, uh, which of course nobody would pay MSRP unless you, um, you know you just been living under a rock or something like that. And nobody's ever really helped you to. Uh, learn what wisdom is. I'm sure they would sell it to you at MSRP if somebody was foolish enough to do that, but nobody of course pays that that price. But th they're not going to negotiate with you from the price of the car. All they really want you to focus on is monthly payment. Why? Uh, th they're not concerned if you ever even own the car. Now, if if you finance the car and you drive it you drive it home, they give you the keys and they want you to feel like you're an owner, but you're not really the owner. You're not the owner until you've got the title deed. Uh, and until that point, whoever the lending institution is, whether it's a credit union or a bank or whoever it might be, really they are the owner because they have the title on that car. So what we're looking towards is the real faith that produces the real substance where you have title deeds, you have ownership. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but I would suggest you, uh, and I, I, would, I would believe that you probably have, that the enemy, he doesn't, doesn't really want you to come into ownership. He would love just to keep you in debt and in a place of just you know, you're uh, either you're upside down or you're constantly borrowing const constantly, uh, you know, just in a place where you can never get the title deed. It's just like you're in the motions, you're in the motions and it go years and years go by, but you actually never have a title deed. And, and of course, lending institutions love that because you're making money for, th for them. But God wants to uh, bring you into that place where the title deed is in your hand. And so I think we need to move from a focus of like, I've got the keys. Well, the keys are nice because you, you can drive the car off. It, uh, the keys are nice. Maybe you got the new house. But you know what's better than the keys? The title deed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, today I feel a very strong witness of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants you to be not so much key minded. Keys, keys are revelations. Keys, keys are understandings. Uh, and, and keys are good. 
but you know you can have the key to the car but you don't even own the car you want to have the title deed so God wants you to have a he wants you to have an ownership mentality say yes if you if you agree with that and that bears witness with your spirit praise God God wants you to have an ownership mentality and I want to jump back just for a few minutes to the book of Job Job chapter 1 and I want you to see some things for a moment about ownership because there are some things mentioned here by the Holy Spirit who brings some things out that are not just for casual information but that in a sense it's a it's like a bragging on God and the goodness of God and the power of God to bless Job chapter 1 verse 1 there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job and the man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. I think that's important. He feared God. He had a heart for God. He worshiped God. God was first place in his life. We need to be like that also. And it says, and shunned evil. He stayed away from things that just, you know, as a person of faith, you know, you really know, hey, it's not good for me to be doing this or be around this. So he shunned evil. And that's also something that we need to practice in our lives as well. Verse 2 and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. So he has ten children that are mentioned here. So he's blessed in so many areas of his life. Verse 3, also his possessions were, and I think this is amazing that his possessions are listed in very accurate detail. And this is the Holy Spirit highlighting this on purpose. Now remember, remember, God's into ownership, but the devil just wants you on the treadmill all the time running on the treadmill and never having ownership, never having the title. But God wants you to have the title. You know what when I was studying this earlier today, I I, I was I got over in the Holy Spirit. I got over in the Spirit and I saw that it is God's will for you to have multiple titles. I saw that those that would be watching this message, I saw multiple titles that you would hold in your hands. Praise God. And perhaps those can be property titles or vehicle titles because maybe you want more than one vehicle. Maybe you just want to have so, have a vehicle that's totally paid off so that you could bless somebody with one. Because if you cannot convey it, that's just another that's just another reality that you don't really own it. You cannot give away a vehicle that you don't have the title to. If you owe money on it, you can't give it. Praise the Lord. So again, God wants you to have these titles in your hands so that you're blessed to be a blessing. Me and Pastor Kelly were talking just two days ago uh, just about some good news about a couple that we heard that we always thought that couple had an apostolic grace upon their lives and they need to be out on the missionary field, but they're working. Uh, they're working kind of like a you know eight to five, you know normal type job. One of them is working at a hospital. The other, I think, maybe working uh, in the educational field. Both holding down good jobs, but both just you know not satisfied, knowing that God had a call for them. And so, well, we were very happy to find out that they are going full time into the ministry in the area of missions. And uh, they're working with a certain, you know, very well-known, very established uh, mission base. And you know, the the first thing that the 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 missionary team and the leaders 
uh, over that that branch of ministry when they spoke to this couple uh, and you know this couple was wanting to go into missions full time you know the, fir the first thing they're going to ask you uh, and by the way anybody watching you want to go in the missions uh, this is the first thing they're going to ask you how much debt do you have and so for a couple of years they they really couldn't go because they they had you know uh, quite a quite a bit of debt but by the grace of God something something I don't know if I would call it miraculous but it was it was on the edge of being miraculous and, and maybe it was really I probably should say that it was and give all the glory to the Lord because you know they wanted they wanted to be able to do this but really in a sense God had to wipe their debt away well God wiped their debt away and so they paid off every single debt they had uh, they, they're completely debt free and now they're able to go and do what God called them to do anything that they'd still do have of course they have complete ownership of that but because they're also going to be leaving and going overseas they they sold everything they had so I think all they really have is actually probably just clothes and things that would go into a suitcase or two. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But the Lord, He is the grantor of possessions. The Lord is the one who blesses, and He wants you to have the title deed. He wants you to have title deeds in your hands. He wants you to be walking in a, in a faith that is that really has evidences and proofs that, you know, living in the kingdom and walking with the Lord, this is productive. This works. This is not some kind of pie in the sky or some kind of so-called spiritual air, air castle theory type stuff. No, this is stuff that, that is real with real proofs and uh, you know the word just producing and working in your life I know it's working in my life and I know that it's working in your life as well as you are walking hand in hand with God day and night consuming his word and really all your eyes focused upon the Lord and his assignment for your life now look at this also his possessions were 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Well, if you add up all of the livestock that he had, and you know, you're looking at, you're looking at over 12,000 animals. So, just logically thinking, he's going to have to have a workforce you know, of at least a couple of thousand people. So this is a major enterprise, and it's all due because of the blessing of the Lord. So you need to understand that when you're blessed like this, it's not like it's not like uh, the devil says, oh, isn't that wonderful? God's blessing his people. The devil is very envious. He's very jealous. Uh, th this is something that would be a thorn in his side. And, you know, we see that in verse 9, it says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10, we talked about this this past Sunday. Verse 10 says, uh, this is Satan speaking, Have you not made a fence around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. And notice God didn't say, oh, that wasn't me. I'm not the one doing that. He, this is all happening because he's so cunning and smart. <laughs> no. God, God knew, hey, yeah, that, the reason he's blessed because he's my guy. And I'm blessing him, and it's quite obvious that I'm blessing him. So all of, all of these things that Job has, which are listed on purpose in, in detail for us to see, 
uh, it all is coming from the Lord. Praise God. I think it's amazing. I think it's a wonderful thing. Lord, we give you praise and glory and glory for it. And, and these are things that Job owned. You know, he didn't have leases or debt on the camels or on the sheep. This is all stuff that's pay as you go. And he's thriving and he's blessed by the Lord. What a wonderful place to be of ownership. What an absolutely wonderful place to be, debt free and in a place where you have the title deeds. I see you coming into properties, owning properties, and uh, select choice properties that, that God brings into your path or God reveals things to you that you are to acquire, and you're, gonna, you're just going to buy them. You're going to pay it off when you buy them. Some of the things you already have, God's going to help you to get them paid down, paid down, and paid off. And there will be uh, there will be quite a few of you that, according to your faith, as you receive this by faith, there will be quite a few of you that it won't be paid down, paid down, paid down. It'll just be boom. Something will happen, and you'll just boom, go out, and you'll just pay it off. You'll write one check, and you'll pay the whole thing off. Glory to God. You should be excited, because we do serve a miracle-working God who does do these type of miracles, and you need to believe God for it, that He's going to do it in your life. So ownership is very important, because there in verse 3, we see all of the things that Job owned. And I think that what Job had, really, in a sense, was the largest vehicle dealership in the Middle East. All of these camels, and you know, the, the camel was the Cadillac of the desert. And if you wanted to cross the desert, you need it. Uh, well, you, you would really, uh, you maybe, maybe you didn't have one, but you really would like to have had a, ca a camel. That was the desert limousine, or the Cadillac, uh, or perhaps you would call it the Mercedes Benz of the desert. But if you go to car dealerships today, uh, and you know, you let's say it's a new car dealership or a used car dealership, maybe it's a large one, and maybe they have a thousand vehicles on the lot. Did you know that the dealership doesn't even own those vehicles? Let's say it's a Ford dealer, and uh, uh, it, they're selling Ford vehicles. Well, that dealership does not even own the vehicles that are on the lot. They're all financed and then that exchanges hands as soon as they're sold to the new buyers. But it wasn't like that with Job. Everything he had on the lot, <laughs> they owned it debt-free, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And God is bringing His His kids in the kingdom to the very top, and God is beginning to bring us into that place where we are being set completely free from debt. And it's a great blessing from the Lord, and also having the title deed and, and again, the enemy doesn't like it, but that's okay because the enemy can't do anything about it. And verse 10, Satan, in a sense, admitted that he's powerless to touch God's man. And that's you or God's woman. He can't touch you. Why? He admits why. He told God, have you not made a hedge around him or a fence? Some translations, and uh, even the Dewey Rames translation calls it a fence. And that's accurate because a fence, uh, in particularly modern day, helps you to visualize this. Now, this is what I want you to see today. I want you to see a fence around your life because you belong to the Lord just like Job did, and you're endeavoring to serve the Lord and live a godly life and live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord, staying away from evil and things like that. God establishes a fence 
all around, watch this, your life and everything under the umbrella of your life, such as things that you own, property you own, houses you own, and your pets, your animals, your children. Every, and of course, eventually your children grow up and into adulthood, then they, they're all, they move out, they're on their own, they have to use their own faith, their own authority. But until that time, everything that's under your umbrella, there is a hedge, there is a fence. Did you know that? Woo, glory to God, there is a fence around your life. Now, I want to go into this word just for a moment uh, that's translated as fence or hedge, and I want, I want to try to explain to you what it means in the Hebrew. Again, Satan said to God, have you not made a fence, a hedge around him, around Job? And so Satan's saying, I can't get through this protective barrier that you've got around this guy. And of course, Satan would love to, and just like he would love to get to you or me, but he can't. And he's standing off thinking, I sure would like to take this guy out because he's, you know, he's a righteous man. He's, he's a godly influence, everything that the, that the enemy is opposed to, but he's powerless. Why? He can't get through this hedge. Now, in, in Hebrew, the word hedge means a protective barrier, and it's, 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 it's multi-layered. It's like thorns, briars, all wrapped and densely tangled up with poles and staves and sticks stuck all in it with sharp pointed edges and tops. So, so it's dangerous. It, it, it's not just like maybe, you know, like a little fence. This, it's like a fence, but it's a lot more than that. Uh, so this type of hedge fence is something that if you were to try to crawl over it or penetrate it, you're going to get really, really hurt. And that's why I've called today's message, you know, a like razor wire protection, because this is literally what this type of thing is talking about. Now, I know that back in Job's day, they didn't have what we would call today this military-grade razor wire uh, some that you see on uh, maybe military properties or top-secret properties or things like that, where they're putting that up because under no, under no way, uh, you know, no situation do they want anybody coming in. Why? They've got stuff in there that uh, you're not allowed to get to. And so they're protecting it uh, with extreme measures, with an extreme hedge of protection. Well, that's what God is able to do around your life. Praise the Lord. You know, there was a, a vehicle that crashed uh, last night right outside of where I'm streaming from, uh, coming around the corner too fast, and uh, went off the road, came towards our property, but right at the edge of our property was stopped. Now, they were stopped by a telephone pole, and they hit that telephone pole uh, so hard that one of those big, big utility, this is not your normal size utility pole, this was like extra big, and they, they cracked it. They, they, you know, the, um, what are the electrical things, the, the big electrical boxes that are hanging up high, they, they knocked those down and they fell on the car and busted those and stuff like that. Now, nobody was killed, praise the Lord, although they said that the three people in the car were, <laughs> were pretty sore, and I imagine they were. And uh, I don't know what, what was going on or why they wrecked, and I'm sure we'll find out some information on that soon. But nevertheless, 
Nevertheless, no bloodshed on this property. Everybody's safe, but they were stopped. But it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse, but there's protection. Protection where their lives were spared, and also where this property is not damaged or destroyed. Now, they knocked a telephone pole right down at the edge of the property, but the energy company, the power company, was right out there just within minutes and put one up that's brand new and even better. Praise the Lord. Woo, glory to God. So, you know, there, there's a hedge of protection all around the, this ministry property, even also as we're putting a fence up. But there's, there's something greater than just, just a fence. There is, there is angelic, angelic protection. There's angels on the corners of this property, and it's protected by God. Praise the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. So, although the enemy could try to send, let's say, like a drunk driver to do something, yet it stopped. It stopped. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These are things that are very, very important for us to understand. I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper into this understanding of this hedge, this fence, this, in a sense, in the natural, when they would build those hedges back in the Old Testament, they made them they, they would try to make them impenetrable, where you could not get over it. You could not get over it, and you could not get through it, and you would get hurt if you tried. I've been in, you know, various third world countries. I, I remember that I was in this one undeveloped nation where crime was high, and when it got dark at night, that's when crime would, you know, more, more crimes would take place. But we were staying in an outpost that was that was built up with walls that probably had, oh, I'd, I'd say the walls would probably were, were about 12 feet tall. That's pretty tall, 12 feet tall. But even on top of the walls going all around the missionary outpost that we were staying in, there was some crude barbed wire, because barbed wire was very hard to come by. There was a little bit of barbed wire on top, but also there was cemented into the top of the, of the wall was broken glass. Why would they do that, Pastor Stephen? Well, because people are going to try to crawl over the wall, and they did. People would try to crawl over sometimes, but you know, if you reach that top of that wall, uh, you're just going to cut your hand to pieces because there's broken glass, semen, and all around the entire thing. Well, somebody might think, well, Pastor Stephen, that's not nice. Well, uh, actually, breaking in is not nice. And so, uh, and, and the people that would break in there, they're, they're breaking in. Uh, usually not just to steal, but also to kill. So there was an armed guard also where I was staying at, and I was told that he's needed. <laughs> so uh, in some of these areas, life is very, very cheap. Life is very cheap. If somebody gets killed or shot or, you know, they, they die, there's usually not even funerals. Just throw them over in the ditch somewhere. You may think, well, that's pretty crude, but that's the way it is in some places. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, th these are places where the gospel is needed, but, but this is, these are also places where there, there is great governmental instability. Sometimes the power is on, sometimes electricity is off, and you, you know, just never know what is going to be on or off or what's going to take place. So in some ways, it's, uh, you really have to watch your back. You have to be careful. And so I've preached in, in places that are very nice. You could even call them uh, you know, areas of uh, great wealth, but I've also preached, and I still do at times, in places that would be considered uh, uh, very, very low-level impoverished areas. Now, I, I, I have to be careful today because I was a little more, uh, I, 
I wouldn't say daring, but I would just say I would really push it sometimes when I was younger, and I would go in the places that were just, you know, literally very, very unsafe, and maybe maybe some of that was even a little bit foolish. So th there's an area where you're, yes, you could be brave and bold, but you also want to use wisdom because, you know, you don't want to you want to you don't want to needlessly die. If you're going to be a martyr, that's okay if that's God's plan for your life. But if it's not. And you just get killed because you did something stupid. Well, then you know that that's going to be a waste. So we want to walk in wisdom. Praise God. So you know, I was thinking about this hedge of protection when I was growing up as a young boy in the state of Mississippi. We we had cattle. My my dad he tried the cattle thing for a while. It didn't really work out too good. I and I'll, I'll again. I'm going to have to explain a little bit of that because one of the reasons why things didn't work out was because we didn't have a spiritual hedge of protection. Well, my dad didn't understand that because you know we were saved and we were born again. But that's about all the knowledge we had as Christians was just like you get saved and life is hard. And one day when you die, you go to heaven. Well, that, that's about all we all we knew. But we persevered and pressed through. But you know, my dad, you know, thought, well, we've got all these cattle. We're going to have to put a fence up. So he put up a barbed wire fence, and he was real proud of the fence. And because cattle, you know, they're they'll push through all kinds of things. You know, you what the real heavy, you know, weigh 600, 800 pounds, so they could they could push a fence down. So you know, you know, cattle ranchers they put up barbed wire fences because it'll it'll hurt the cattle. That way they'll stop pushing on it and, and realize, hey, that that hurts. Let's not let's not knock that down. So my dad spent you know weeks and weeks putting up this barbed wire fence and decided to put one up pretty close to the house, the backyard area of the house, because that was the area where that kind of opened up into the pasture. And I think maybe we had like 80 acres or something like that. So you know, and, and quite a few cattle, not a lot, maybe about 200, 200 head of cattle. Had some Brahma bulls, had some uh, Hereford, a lot of Hereford cattle. It was nice. But anyhow, most of the cows were sick most of the time. Eventually, my dad got out, of, got out of the cattle industry and sold off all the cattle. But anyhow, when we did have the cattle, I remember one night as the sun was beginning to set, I just felt kind of energetic and didn't want to go inside. So I was still outside playing. Well, the sun goes all the way down. And I'm still outside playing, having a real good time, running around in the backyard. And I was maybe maybe 10 years old. And riding my bicycle on the grass and having a good time, and eventually I parked my bike and was just running around. Now it's totally dark, you know, no, no outdoor lights or anything like that. I could see uh, from the backyard inside of the house, the back of the house, I could see my mother washing the dishes because the kitchen back, you know, was the back part of the house, and then there was the backyard, and then the big pasture. Well, the cows are over in the pasture. I'm running around in the backyard having fun. I can see inside the house because the light's on in the house. My mom's washing the dishes. I'm running around in the backyard just having fun, you know, enjoying myself, and and suddenly I got tangled up in something. I actually thought I'd ran into a big spider's web because it's like I got hung into it, but I thought this must be a really strong spider web. Of course, you know, if there's a spider's web, there's got to be a spider, but I somehow knew it wasn't a spider, sp excuse me, a spider's web, but that's kind of what it felt like because I got all wrapped up and tangled in something. I didn't know what it was. 
Well, it was the barbed wire fence, and boy, did I ever get tangled up. I, I got so tangled up in that thing, I was literally wrapped in it, because there's three strands, top, middle, bottom. Well, I got wrapped up in all three of them, and it, it was a total mess. So, uh, I started screaming and yelling, and my mother heard some kind of a, you know, cry, and she realized, oh, that, you know, that, that's me. So, uh, she runs outside, she finds me all tangled up in the barbed wire. Well, I didn't really realize how bad my situation was. My mother she takes me inside the house. She was a nurse, but this was beyond like, hey, let's do a little treatment here. I, I was a total mess. Uh, I did happen to pass the mirror uh, along the way to getting in the car and being rushed to the emergency room, and I, I noticed that my my lip, or the, this part of my, my mouth, my lip was hanging down the here. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be laughing. I don't want to, if you're still eating your breakfast, I don't want to tell you too much. But I, I had completely cut my mouth open from the inside. I guess my mouth was open when I was running. And so the, the, the barbed wire had just snagged and cut the complete inside of my lip and mouth open and everything was hanging down. I was cut up. I was cut up all over the place, had a scar going all the way down my, my arm. Now, my, today my wife, she says, Stephen, I, I kind of like that scar. It kind of looks kind of cool. It makes you look like a tough guy when you wear a short sleeve shirt. I said, well, well thanks. I've kind of lost my muscles over time, but at least I've got a scar there as a memory. Praise God. But I, I, I just had scars all over. I was just cut all over the place, cut all over my chest. But um, you know what? That... The, the Lord healed me all up. They sold me all up. I, I still remember, you know, the doctor just, you know, zipping me up with my mouth and closing everything back up and uh, having stitches in my mouth and all of that stitches all over the place, really. But I healed back up just fine. As you can see, everything's working well today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know what? We need to have the right kind of hedge of protection. Uh, if you don't have God's hedge of protection, all kinds of goofy stuff can happen to you. And stuff like that was happening to our family all the time. I'm talking bad stuff. Why? Well, we could have some natural protection, but if you don't have the spiritual protection, the enemy will get through. He'll do all kinds of goofy stuff to you and your children. And we had stuff, we had stuff that was bad happening all the time, and it was the devil. Satan was getting through because we had major gaps wide open in our lives. And the, uh, unlike Job, whom the devil could not penetrate that hedge to get through, well, with us, we had, we were saved, but there were massive gaps in our, in our hedge, and the enemy could just walk in and do all kinds of stuff to us. And our church was full of testimonies like that of just disasters, and that th these were bad testimonies of car wrecks and injuries, and, you know, even there on the farm, you know, the cows were sick all the time. Uh, we had we had dogs. The dogs were sick. We had lice. Me and my brothers, we all would have, we'd get lice. The dogs had mange. It's, it was just like, just the crops are failing, you know, the, the bow weevils eating up this, and, uh, you know, you'd shuck the corn, and there's all kinds of bugs in the corn, and grow this, and bugs are eating that up. We just had all kinds of trouble and problems on every side. Mm -mm. I, want to, I want to talk to you just for a moment about getting the protective hedge up of God in your life. Let me tell you this. You can be a Christian, saved, loved Jesus, just like we did, going to church every time the church doors were open. We would be there Sunday morning for Sunday morning service, Sunday night, and we would be there every Wednesday night. And it would be rare, rare if we missed more than maybe five meetings in a year. There was one girl my age, her name was Angela, 
she, you know, we grew up in Sunday school together and stuff like that. She never missed a service, I think, for like 13 years. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. She never missed a service, I don't think, for 13 years. We knew because you, you get a star every time you came. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. You know, for the young people, you'd always get a star. You know, her star list was just like, literally, as we would say, off the charts for attendance stars. But my friends, you can really love the Lord and just boom, boom, the enemy's just getting through still. And even, and I, I remember uh, Sister Angela, her family, the enemy still getting in, just doing all kinds of bad things to the family. Why? We didn't understand there's certain things you need to do as a believer. Get the hedge up. Woo, glory to God. I think if we would have known it, I think we would have done it. You know why? Well, because we were probably all pretty fed up with the enemy just coming in and hitting us so hard. By the way, here's a big lie we were told. We were told that all of the things happening to us that were bad, we, we were actually told it was God that was doing it to us. It wasn't God, it was Satan. Just like with Job, it wasn't, it wasn't God who did those bad things to Job, it was Satan who did every single bad thing that happened to Job, it was Satan that did it. Wow, now, let me read verse 10 one more time. Satan said to God, Have you not made a fence, a hedge around him? Around, now watch this, around him, around his household, and around all that he has. That would include his livestock, all of his animals, okay? On every side, you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. His animals aren't getting sick. His animals are multiplying. They're healthy, and people want to buy them and purchase them. And he's increasing in wealth and prosperity. He's having to hire more and more workers. He has a large labor force. Uh, everything is working right for him. Why? He's walking right with God. He has a covenant with God. He even talks about some of the covenants that he has with God later in the book. But but there is a hedge, a a. A, an impenetrable barrier around him, like spiritual razor wire. And the enemy knows we try to go through that, we're gonna get we're gonna get ripped to pieces. We cannot penetrate that spiritual barrier around this life. Let me ask you a question question right now. Can you discern honestly that there is a protective barrier of God around your life? Or or would you say, Pastor Stephen, something's seriously wrong because if there is, something's not right. I'm getting hit on all sides. Well, you could have, you could have a, it's like a wall, but it's got, you've got areas where it's collapsed. That's why whenever the exiles would return from captivity, Assyria or Babylon, the Jewish exiles, when they would come back to Jerusalem, what's the first thing they would always start doing? Rebuilding the wall. Get the wall up! Okay, now that was in the natural, but we know also it had a spiritual meaning for us as New Testament believers looking at the spiritual application of that. You know, when you're walking with the Lord, you, that, that walk produces a, a hedge around your life of protection. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is very, very important. Some of you are taking heavy hits, and you don't need to. You're, you're not supposed to be having these things come into your life, just like the devil's hitting all the unbelievers. He can hit the, he can hit the sinners any way he wants. Why? They're under his, his authority. They're in his kingdom. He can do whatever he wants to them. They could, they, could, they could perish in a moment, and the devil wouldn't care, because they're all going to go to hell. Uh, that, that's why we need to be 
preaching the gospel so that those people can be saved. But Satan's already got them. So they're under his jurisdiction, his authority. And he could put sickness and disease on them, and many of them are loaded with sicknesses and diseases. But as a believer, that this is not supposed to be your portion at all. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's dig into it a little bit more. Let's go to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Uh, the book, the chapter that a lot of Christians have heard about, but they still don't obey it. And so they still keep getting hit by the enemy needlessly. Just like growing up as a young child, as a Christian in a Christian home, we were just getting blasted by the devil because we were not obeying biblical principles. Praise the Lord. Jesus, we give you praise. Did you know that in the church today, across the board, no matter where you go, no matter where you go, only 20% of Christians tithe. Now, I, I'm sure that out of all the believers that are watching me on the internet right now, I'm sure that all of you tithe. So this wouldn't apply to you, but you do have to understand that 80% of the others, they, they would come to church, sit there, enjoy the air conditioner, and listen to the message preached, and uh, be blessed, and uh, and, and enjoy these things and walk out and, and just never, never tithe. They do it every Sunday. Only 20% of Christians tithe. That's, that's, that's who's carrying the entire load of the church, 20%. <laughs> now, that will change when there's revival and the moving of the Spirit and things like that. But right now, it doesn't matter any church you go to, it's just pretty much standard across the board. Um, only 20% of the Christians are tithing, and they're, they're the ones that are doing everything. I'm, I'm talking about everything. All the others are just receiving, uh, you know, the blessing of, of their labor. So, we need to look at this today. Verse 8, Malachi 3, verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, the tithe is 10% of all that you have, God says it belongs to Him. Okay, your income, you get a bonus, whatever it might be, anything that hits your life, uh, a financial blessing, 10% of it already belongs to God. Offerings would be that which would be above and beyond the tithe. He says, you are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't believe in that curse business. I don't believe in, well, let's just kind of like skip all of that just for a moment. Because I'm not, I'm not going to argue. I'm just saying, if you have a hedge, you have it. And if you don't, you can probably tell. You can probably tell. Wow. I know a lot of Christians, because after all, there's, that's the 80%, there's the 80% out there, right? I know a lot of Christians that they don't tithe. Don't, they don't believe in it. And they've got money. They've got money. And they've got, all, they've got all this other junk from the devil, though, that's hitting them. And they can't stop it and with all of their money. And all of their smarts and all of their cleverness and all of their ingenuity, they can't, they can't stop the devil. He's just pouring in, and the hedge is totally down in some areas of their life. Why? They're not tithing. They're probably not going to because they're stubborn. And maybe, they, maybe they'll never get it while they're on this side of heaven. And God still loves them because you could be saved and still go to heaven and actually never give a penny to support God's work, never tithe or anything like that. You're saved by grace. Hallelujah, through faith, praise the Lord. So we, we thank God for His grace. But you, you can be walking in the love of God, you can be walking in the grace of God, and your, your hedge is just like, it's just hardly even in, 
there's hardly even in anything to try to keep the enemy out. And he just can pour in. And he could just lamb blast with car wrecks and sickness and disease and all kinds of things could just hit you. They can just hit you. Why? You have no hedge of protection up. Tithing establishes a divine hedge of protection around your life. And maybe the idea of having a hedge up, maybe this will be the only thing that will convince you, hey, maybe I should tithe. Yes, you, you really should. I'm trying to tell you, you really should tithe. Let me, let me explain it to you from a minister's perspective. My life is normal. Excuse me. My life is not normal. But some parts of it are. I like pizza. I like, I like fresh fish. I like I like, you know, certain things that make me happy. But there's another area of my life because I'm a minister that's very abnormal. And I know who I am in the Lord, and I know the threat that I am against the kingdom of darkness. I endeavor to get people saved everywhere I go, and I do get people saved everywhere I go because that anointing's on me. There's also an anointing upon me to build up the church and to strengthen the church and to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. And I'm smart enough in the Lord to know the enemy doesn't like that. So when I go somewhere, um, unusual things happen. And for me, I, I've lived it for so long that I, I just know how it is, and it's not a problem for me because I know I have a hedge all around me. It's a supernatural hedge, and I know that the enemy can't get me. Uh, but those maybe who travel with me who don't really understand what it's like to walk on the front lines, when they travel with me, it, it can, um, maybe I can use the word, it just kind of freaks them out a little bit. Uh, but because they're with me, they, it doesn't get them, but they see, they see it. And uh, like I've, I've shared this testimony before with Sid Roth, I've been in the car riding with somebody before, and um, because I am who I am, and the Lord, the enemy, he tries to kill me. And I, I had a car one time coming right at me to smash into me as in the passenger seat, and the devil tried to kill me. And there's an unbelieving man driving the car, driving a Mercedes Benz, and the car crashing in comes right into the car, goes through the car, and we merged together and drove together until he had an exit where he could unmerge and, you know, do whatever he was going to do. He, the guy was totally demon-possessed. And the look the look on my, uh, on, the, on the face of the man driving was just like, he saw it, because he saw the car come into the car, and because um, he was a German, you know, he was very staunch, and didn't, he didn't even say anything, but he saw it, and I knew he saw it, because we both looked at each other, we could see this car blend, and the, the look of the face of the other man driving, and but I, I'm just trying to say, stuff like this happens to me all the time. Why? Because the enemy doesn't like me. But see, look, there's a hedge. So he can take his shots, but he, when he maybe thinks he's got these moments, but he cannot penetrate this spiritual hedge. Even if he thinks he's got me sometimes, nothing happens. Why? God's, God's protecting me. And uh, uh, later, uh, my son-in-law said that his dad told him, he said, um, he said, Stephen, he said, he told me, he said, I don't know much about the man in the car riding with me, but I know this, he must be a holy man of God. <laughs> because because I, was, I was just as good as dead. That guy would have hit, and it would have been, it would probably been the end of me, and maybe the end of him too, because he was coming fast and hard, and he had, the, he had the, the trajectory, and he had it lined up where he had hit me straight on. But, but the enemy lost again, and on we went. 
happy, and I, you know, I, I'm just saying I'm used to that. He wasn't. It shook him up for hours, but I'm just, I, stuff like that happens to me all the time. And so that's why sometimes people don't understand ministers, that people get upset, you know, Kenneth Copeland saying he needs his own jet. Yes, he needs his own jet, because Satan would love to kill him. Now, Satan can't, but things happen to ministers that most normal Christians have no clue. Because, why? It doesn't happen to them. Why? They're no threat to the enemy. They're not even tithing. The enemy, actually, if he wanted to take them out, he could take them out any time. But he leaves them alone. They're no threat, you know. He's going he's gonna to focus on those who are really uh, firing the big guns. So, even in the church world, in the church kingdom, most Christians are clueless as to this, this level of attack. Um, Charles Finney, one time, I'll give you another example. Charles Finney, one time, was traveling somewhere, and uh, the people that were going to take him on to his next leg of the journey to get him to his destination said, um, we've, got a, we've got a fresh horse over here for you. And he said, is that a good horse? And the man said, well, what do you mean it's a good horse? This, yeah, I've had this horse for years. He's a, he's a totally good horse. He said, why would you ask something like that? Charles Finney said, because the devil would like to kill me. He tries to kill me. And I just need to know, is that a good horse? And the man said, yes, the horse is totally fine. Well, the horse was pulling, you know, the little carriage. Charles Finney gets on the, gets on the carriage with the man. They start hitting that on the road. And within minutes, the horse goes crazy and goes berserk and uh, basically tries to kill uh, Mr. Finney and the, and the driver. And the, the finally got the horse under control. And the man said, that's, he said, that's, I can't, that's never happened to my horse before. That, I don't understand it. Well, that's because you've never had Charles Finney riding next to you before. A great evangelist, winning people to the Lord every day, bringing people out of Satan's domain every day and into, the, and into heaven, into the kingdom of God every single day. That man has never had Charles Finney ride with him before. They, they, so most Christians, they're totally clueless. They don't even know what this is like. <laughs> so when we were going through Ireland, um, you know, Kelly has relatives in Ireland. Her daddy, uh, you know, born and raised in Ireland. And uh, so she's still got a lot of family members over in Ireland. So, uh, so one of them was providing transportation for us. And, you know, th these things would happen. Because, why? Because I'm there, and the enemy tries to do things because of me. And, uh, and but most people there they don't know this unless they're in it. So these things would happen on the train or in the restaurant, and she would Kelly's relative would say, oh, you know, you know, she's you know in her forties and she's you know so she's been around, she's traveled a lot, but she's like I can't. She said this has never happened before. I, I, I ride the train all the time, and this has never happened. Well, that's because I'm on the train, and I'm not. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying I know who I am in the Lord. That's because I'm on the train. That's why all this crazy, almost like supernaturally crazy stuff is happening. Because because I'm on the train, <laughs> and I just came out of a miracle meeting, and God just moved in signs and wonders and glory, and the enemy's all flustered and mad and upset. <laughs> I'm not troubled about it because I have a hedge, but a lot, it can it can shake people because they, they're not used to that. They're not used to that. We'd be in a restaurant and all this all this starts happening again because uh, of the enemy. Start, and she's like, I, I, you, know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. This, this stuff doesn't happen. Well, that, that's because I'm there. But see, I'm used to it, so I have to live my life in a special way. You may not understand that about ministers. You may think it's crazy. Let God put His anointing on you just for a week, and you, you, you would just be, you would flip on, with some of the stuff that happens. If you use that anointing to try to win people to the Lord, and if you use that anointing to build up the church, you would be, you'd be stunned at what the enemy does 
to try to to try hinder harass uh, and, and you know you have a hedge and he can't get you but that doesn't mean he won't try and uh, sometimes he'll even do it to his own hurt uh, just because that, that hedge is, is severe but uh, oh they'll try though sometimes you get close they'll try to uh, but they can't get you, you just keep, I, I, obviously as you see I'm still here and I've, I've, I've been I've been in disasters where I really shouldn't be here I, there's been many times I should be dead because the enemy has tried to do things, but it's happened over and over. I'm not saying I'm numb to it, and I'm not saying I don't I don't see it. I'm very very much aware of it, but I'm more I'm more focused on that hedge because I'm I'm extremely aware of the hedge. I wouldn't dare not tithe. Can you imagine in my position needing that hedge that if I stop tithing, if I stop tithing, I'd be an absolute idiot. Why? Because because the, the hedge. If I stop tithing, the hedge starts going down. That's why some of you are getting hit with goofy sicknesses and diseases. You see, you see, and I know what you're thinking, Pastor Stephen. I tithe. Sending a tithe in, maybe once every month or every three months when you get paid every two weeks. But you, all you do is send something in, maybe once every four or five months. That's not tithing. That's just that's just like scattered giving. You're not, you're not a tither unless you're systematically tithing every time money comes into your life. Now, if you're tithing like that system, that systematically, that's called a tither. And that establishes a hedge around your life. That establishes supernatural protection around your life. Pastor Stephen, please pray for my finances. I've, I feel like the devil's really hitting me. Oh, are you a tither? No, I don't want to talk about that. Well, let him hit you and beat you up. Maybe eventually you'll think about getting a hedge up. Pastor Stephen, I don't know what to say today. Maybe you're just being too honest. Well, maybe I am, but remember, I know for a fact. I'm a pastor. I've been in ministry for you know quite some time now. I know for a fact that only 20% of the church tithes. So you got a lot of black and blue in the church. A lot of people banged up and bruised up. God didn't do it. It's the devil that's doing it. I would suggest that if you're taking hits, that you get the you get your hedge up just as fast as you can. I'm talking about your body. He'll tack your body. He'll tack, he'll tack you all over. Now I, I I'm a minister and I know how much Satan hates me. So I'm going to keep the hedge up. I'm going to try to be like Job, where it says he was a upright man. He you know he shunned evil. He stayed away from evil. I'm going to try to do all of that because that's that's also in the mix. Okay. <laughs> You know, don't be looking for me down at the saloon, you know, you know, having a scotch on the rocks. That's not going to be happening with me. I'm going to endeavor to stay away from evil. I'm not going to give the enemy a shot on me by going over on his turf. Okay, so I'm going to stay on, on the places that God has for me, but I'm also going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to walk in the light of his word, and I'm going to be a tither. Let me show you this. Let's keep on. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if, well, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. If you tithe, he rebukes the devourer. And if you don't tithe, he's going to walk right in and he, he, will, he will devour. That's what he does. He is the accuser of the brethren. He has many, he has many job descriptions. He um, he is a destroyer and he is a devourer. He'll devour anything that he can touch 
with his filthy, dirty hands. He'll try to mess your life up in any way he can. That's why you see a lot of Christians, they make good money. They, make, they may have good money, but they're sick, and they can't shake that sickness. They can go to the finest doctors. they got all kinds of issues. Why? They're not tithing. They're not tithing. I think not tithing is just like a major sign that shows that a Christian is extremely immature and extremely unspiritual. Hallelujah. You can talk in tongues. You can, you can do all of this stuff. But if you're not a tither, you haven't even gotten the first base, really as far as walking in kingdom principles with God. And remember the tithe, this, this is like elementary. These are like little basic things that, you know, you're supposed to learn as a young believer. Maybe nobody's, uh, maybe you're watching, you're still young in the Lord. Maybe nobody's taught you these things. That's why I'm here, because I like good preaching. So some of you, though, you've had a little too much preaching. You had, uh, preaching's fun, but you really need to sit down and you need to start listening to some teaching, okay? Because uh, preaching's great. Preaching to make you shout, pre preaching to make you praise the Lord, but good teaching will help you pay your bills on time. Okay? Good, good teaching will help you to learn how to get a hedge up, and so you can get sickness and disease out of your life. Pastor Stephen, I'm waiting for God to heal me. Well, maybe God's waiting for you to tithe. Woo! Pastor Stephen, I feel like you're stepping on my toes. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually trying to do it on purpose, because if you're not tithing, God says you're, you're a thief and a robber. I, I know you love the Lord, but maybe nobody's ever told you before that you're a thief, that the tithe doesn't belong to you, the tithe belongs to God. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I just don't know. Well, just let the enemy keep on devouring. Praise the Lord. And I will rebuke the devourer. That's for the tithers. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. By the way, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi really dealing with the people of Israel. God's people who are being very, very stubborn who are backsliding, who are the covenant people of God, but who are also just dabbling around and messing around with sin. And they've got all kinds of trouble in their life, but they just don't quite want to obey the Lord just yet. Like many Christians today, and so long as you're going to live like that, you are vulnerable. And Satan can hit you. He can hit you hard too. So I would suggest that you come back to the Lord, that you serve the Lord with the whole heart, and that you begin to tithe, and that you, if you're fed up with being sick, and if you're fed up with struggling financially, and if you're fed up with having all kinds of bizarre, weird, bad things happen to you, such as, in a sense, like you're being devoured, things are get, just breaking down, and bizarre things are happening, I would suggest that you tithe, because it does, it does establish a hedge around your life. A hedge. Remember, this hedge, this fence is something that's impenetrable. To, uh, the enemy can't get to you. He can't do it. Praise God. Now, there was an exception temporarily with Job. But remember, this was not a lifelong experience for Job. Many theologians believe that at the longest, this ordeal that he went through was nine months. So he lived to be a very, very old man. And then also at the end of that trial, God doubled the phenomenal wealth that he was previously walking in, okay, and he had more children, and uh, you know, the children he had became the most beautiful children, the most beautiful adults in the land, just everything he had was blessed, blessed, blessed by God, and so the hedge, whoosh, 
right back up. Praise the Lord. You can have a hedge in your life, a fence, even like it's like a razor wire fence. So sharp and so, whoo, how can we say mean and protective? Uh, and, and I believe it's angelic. And I believe it's supernatural. And the enemy, he can't get you. And uh, the, the enemy working through people, they can't touch you. They just, they just can't. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Too strong in the Lord. There is an area in the Lord, when you walk with the Lord, I believe this, and it was, uh, I first heard Dr. Jerry Falwell say this, uh, and I, it really, I, boy there was an anointing on it. There's something about when you serve the Lord, and you're walking right with God, you are invincible. Doesn't mean the enemy just lays back, no he'll, he'll try to do his stuff, but there is a shield he can't take you out. You just keep on going. As long as you're serving the Lord, walking in the commandments of God, there's a hedge. And it doesn't matter how much the enemy doesn't like you. And even working through people like, you know, he had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Philistines always envying the wells that they had, and all the jealousy, and the quarreling, and the bickering. But yet God kept blessing His people. And despite of the envy of the Philistines, and they just, God's people kept increasing and increasing. Glory to the Lord. And so God's going to do that. God's going to keep making you stronger and stronger and more blessed and more blessed and more blessed. And you know what? You're protected. And it's like, it's like David realized in the 23rd Psalm that God prepares a table. There's a table of blessing for you right in the very presence of your enemies. Praise the Lord. And they may look and watch you eat. They may not like it, but you know what? They're all wore out. They're all frustrated. They're all jealous. But you're just enjoying yourself, having a good time. Praise the Lord. Not worried about it. Not concerned about it. Why? Because God's got you covered. He really does. God's got you protected. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I'm going to say this from my heart. Those of you that are not tithers, and, and look, if I'm not your online pastor, that's okay. If you're maybe watching and you have a home church somewhere else, that's totally fine. But let me, let me say this. If you're not a tither, you need to repent because it is a sin not to tithe. And I know there's some people, there's, they're just going to argue they're still not going to tithe. If I sat and gave a hundred scriptures, they're still not going to do it. These are people that just the Lord... He has to work on them. They're at places maybe over trying to come, you know, stubbornness. And, and remember what the prophet Samuel also said when he told Saul, uh, this thing of stubbornness, th this is an area of actually witchcraft. If you're a very stubborn person and you're just not going to change because you're just not going to change no matter what God reveals, you're actually dabbling in, into the occult. You, you may not think you are, you know, maybe not, you're not wearing a wizard's hat, but, uh, you know, but stubbornness and this thing of rebellion, this is an area that leads into witchcraft. So when you have the Word of God revealed, and if there's backsliding, like there was, as Malachi is addressing the Jewish people who were in a backslidden state, really, when you hear the Word of God, you should just repent and say, I'm going to start, I'm going to start living for the Lord. I'm going to stop being selfish and making excuses for why I'm, I'm not obeying God's Word, and I'm going to start to tithe, and I'm going to start to live right, and I'm going to get this hedge up in my life because I need it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some people may just try to gamble and run, uh, you know, and run the gauntlet and see what happens by not tithing. 
I don't want to do that because the enemy is very cruel. And if you, if you ever do really seriously want to serve the Lord, you'll, you'll see demons come out of the woodwork. And they'll, they'll, they're after you. They're, they're looking for any open door. And you cannot afford not to tithe. <laughs> Glory to God. When you're, when you're walking with the Lord on the front lines, you better, you better be tithing. Woo, hallelujah. And serving the Lord. Because the, the spiritual battle is very, very real. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Lord, we give you praise today. We give you praise today. We're going to take communion in just a moment. Why don't you get that ready? Get some unleavened bread. Get some grape juice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you're watching this, and I'm not your pastor. Um, that, that's totally fine. Wherever you go to church at, or wherever you're fed at, that's where your tithe needs to go. The tithe goes to the storehouse. The storehouse is the place of supply. So whoever is supplying you with the spiritual nourishment that feeds you, that's where your, that's where your tithe needs to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But regardless, as a Christian, you need to be a tither. Praise the Lord. Because there's a lot of devastation in the church. There's people that, are, that love Jesus that are just getting hit with uh some very very bad stuff and it's not God that's doing it it's the devil that's doing it and it's because there's no hedge up there's no protection he can walk right in and literally do anything to them that he wants to praise the Lord but we thank God that we're walking in a covenant of divine protection glory to God Heavenly Father we thank you also today for the bread and the juice we consecrated we thank you that this is the body of Christ and this is the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would bless it, Father, as we receive it. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the body of Jesus. Father, we thank you that on Passover, when they, when they ate the lamb, it was, was mixed with bitter herbs. They had, to, they had to eat also the bitter herbs. And sometimes, Father, the Word can be a little bit bitter. And maybe today's message for some has seemed bitter. But, Father, it's the bitter that they need that they need to receive the full counsel of the Word. Thank you, Father God. Let there be a hedge established in the lives of your people. Let tithing be established in the lives of your people. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, let's receive the body of the Lord Jesus now. If you're on the front lines in ministry, and you're not a tither, you're in a very, very dangerous place especially if you really begin to make an impact on souls. I remember some decades back when Reinhard Bonnke was conducting one of those mass crusades in Nigeria. And uh, this was one particular meeting that I believe had, had, a, had w- over one million people in attendance. And by the way, that's, that's quite a large number, one million people. Well, you can imagine if you have a million people in a meeting many of them, of course, unbelievers. And he's going to give an, an evangelistic salvation type message, endeavoring to bring the lost to Christ. And many of them are going to be Muslims and those of other faiths and so forth. And uh, so he's going to, he's going to endeavor the wind to the Christ, to Christ. You know, the enemy's not going to just sit back and take something like that laying down. He's going to, he's going to make an all out assault to endeavor to disrupt the meeting cause pandemonium, get the meeting canceled, or just, you know, all the things that he'll try to do. And, and things like that, those that are in, in the leadership, 
you really have to be tithing. There's no way I would ever allow anybody on my leadership staff who's not a tither. Absolutely not. I just wouldn't trust them. If they're not a tither, it's not even a consideration. They would never be on leadership staff with me. Nor would I ever ordain anyone into the ministry who's not a tither. I just wouldn't do it. We'll never do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. These are things that are, that are primary elementary truths in, in the kingdom of God. Let's go back to a Brother Bronke's meeting. But he and his leadership, they, they're spirit-filled. They understand the basics of the Word of God. They're tithers. They're, they're very generous givers. But you know what? The witches, the wizards, they had gathered together, and they had fasted and prayed also, endeavoring to cause like a pandemonium, maybe like a stampede, something that would bring dishonor upon the, the great meeting. But you know what? Despite all of their great efforts to come against that massive meeting, despite all of their efforts and diabolical plotting and no telling what, what kind of evil diabolical sacrifices they made in, in dark to try to get that meeting to be a failure, countless souls were saved. And what was noted on the ring, on the outside boundary of that million soul meeting, on the outside periphery, countless people witnessed the Holy Spirit move in tremendous power as angels formed a ring of fire on the outside perimeter of that mass crusade. And everywhere on that mass crusade, on the outer perimeter, there was a massive army of angels in a fiery circle going around the whole thing. And there were seen demon spirits 50, 60 feet tall that looked like werewolves and demonic creatures straight from out of, out of like hell. Ferocious, hor horrible, running around and super fast on the outside of that massive crusade, and they couldn't get through that hedge. They couldn't get through to get in there to maybe strike fear and cause a cause a stampede and then people get trampled or killed or something. They just couldn't get through. They couldn't get through it. Don't you know they were trying? But they could not get through. The saints had prayed. Multitudes of souls were saved and won to the Lord. But I'll tell you, in places like that, you better be living right for the Lord when things like this are going on, and you need to be a tither, because when you tithe, God promises to rebuke the devourer. These things are very, very serious. You get on the front lines of battle, you feel the heat, <laughs> you will make sure you dot every I and cross every T, because it, Satan's a legalist. He looks for legal permission to get in. What is legal permission? Violation of the Word violation. If you violate this word or you trespass against Scripture, He can come in. That's what trespassing is. What is trespassing? You go beyond the boundary that God says, stop. If you cross, if you see a trespassing sign, and it says, no trespassing, post it, private property, and you disregard that sign, and you cross that line, you have now broken the law. That's called the law of trespassing. And you can now be prosecuted in court. You can get fines. And yes, you can go to jail. What is that? You, you have trespassed against a boundary that you were not allowed to cross. Same thing with God's Word. If you trespass Scriptures, and Scripture says, do it this way, and you say, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. Then you, you cross 
a line God said didn't cross. Satan is a legalist, and he says, I've got you legally. I'm going to hit you now because I have legal permission to hit you. Your head just down in that area. Woo! Woo! Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you haven't tithed, you need to repent of the sin of not tithing. And you need to, you need to start tithing and honoring the Lord. Now you need to do it by faith, not out of fear. Praise the Lord. That's why I tried to give, that's why I tried to give scriptures for why we should do this. But let me say this, there is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And if you have no fear of the Lord, then you really don't, you don't know a certain element of who God is. Because He is Jehovah Savad, the Lord of hosts, the captain of the angelic armies. He is your defender and your protector. And He does want to help you, but you have to do it His way. So the covenant, not just the covenant of salvation, you already have that, but these other covenants are up. These covenants of protection, they're established in your life. If you have, if you have sin in your life, repent. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Do that right now. Heavenly Father, we ask for forgiveness of all sin. We ask for mercy. We ask for grace. We ask for coverage. We ask for protection. We ask for freedom. Thank you, Father God. We ask for wisdom. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Wash all sins away, Father, through the blood of Jesus. We receive it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's partake. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know some pastors. Maybe I'm too nice. My wife tells me that sometimes. She says, Stephen, you're, you're too nice sometimes. You need to be a little bit more direct with people. I'm like, sometimes like, well, I, you know, I, I want to give room for mercy. I want to give room for spiritual, you know, st still growing in the Lord. I want to give room for that. But there are some pastors that if you come to them and you say, I need you to pray for me. I'm having financial problem. They'll just flat out ask you, are you tithing? And if you say no, they're like, well, we're not going to pray until you're willing to get this right. That's just the way they are. And, you know, and there's quite a few of them that are like that, too. Maybe I'm, like I said, maybe I'm too nice. Maybe I'm too nice. Maybe I'm a little too patient. <laughs> but I just, you know, I try to help people along in the path of God. Try to help people, to, and try to show Scripture of why it's worth it to serve the Lord, that the blessing is in obedience. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I, know, I know quite a few pastors that if you come up to them and, and you ask them to pray for you, uh, you know, because maybe you're sick or something like that, there's disease in your body, they'll just ask you, okay, so you're sick, are you tithing? Are you tithing? Because it says, it says the Lord will rebuke the devourer. Your body is being devoured with sickness and disease. Are you tithing? Well, no, I just want you to pray healing for me. Well, maybe some will, but I know quite a few that they, they just won't. They just won't. You need, to, you need to ask yourself eventually as a Christian if you're not tithing. You really should ask yourself this question. Is God an idiot businessman? Is it all just take, 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 but God never gets anything out of it? And I, I do know that God loves you so much that if you, if you never gave God really the time of day, but you just loved Him a, enough to where you just barely made it in by the grace of God, you would still make it in. But there is, there is a point where, you know, this element of redemption there is this truth where He has purchased us. And if He has purchased us, that means we're His property. That means He is our Lord. He is our Lord. 
more than just Savior. Everybody wants Him as Savior. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But Lordship basically means that He's Lord. And you submit to His kingship. And in His kingdom, He has a way of doing things. Every king has their own, their, their, their kingdom, they, they run their own kingdom differently. But he, He's a king. He's the king of kings. And He has His way of doing things. And if He's truly your Lord, you'll do it His way. And you'll actually do it without arguing and no questions asked. Okay, Lord, that's the way it is. I'm in. Woo! Praise the Lord. These are all things that we step into through growth and through grace. I'll try to, I'll try to be patient still. I don't always ask everybody, are you tithing and this and stuff like that. I just try to go with the Holy Spirit, knowing that there are many, they're young in the Lord. Some of these things, you're not going to hit them as revelation, maybe until they're a little further down the road. Maybe until after the shield has been down, the hedge has been down for so long, they finally are just like, hey, I'm really fed up with this. I want to change now. So that, that's what it takes for some people. But I think I'm preaching this in a prophetic time where there's many that are watching and you're hearing me and it's making sense. This stuff is happening because, because that hedge that Job experienced. Uh, you're not experiencing that. And I, I, I know there's a hedge up in my life, or else I, would, I wouldn't be here. The enemy has tried many, many times to take me out through car wrecks, and through plane wrecks, and through just, it's just all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. Yet I'm still here, and I'm not backing down. I'm expanding on my efforts to preach the gospel, because I know how strong God is, and I know how good His angels are at what they do. So I'm not afraid of the enemy by, at, by any means. Praise the Lord, because we serve a great big God. Woo! And He's well able to, to take care of you and protect you also. So live for Him freely, serve Him, and understand that as you walk with Him, there is this spiritual razor wire protection that goes all around you. And the enemy, oh, he's going to get really hurt if he tries to, if he tries to get you. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Nothing can touch you if it's not God's will. If something does, if something does kind of like, maybe like there's persecution or something like that, then, you know, bless those who persecute you. Bless, don't curse them. The, it's very important, don't ever return evil with evil. Return, uh, you know, that's the flesh, right? And that's what a lot of these movies are today where, you know, you know, I, all these action movies are just like somebody did me wrong. Well, we're going to do them really wrong. And, you know, somebody killed so and so that I love. Well, we're going to go back. We're going to kill all of them. And, you know, everybody's getting blown up and all this vengeance and all of this. No, that's not God. No. Now, there is vengeance, but it's not for us. God said, vengeance belongs to me. But he also said, I will repay. So let, let the Lord do it. Because he, he, there, is, there is vengeance, but you have to let the Lord do it. Don't try to avenge yourself. You're, that, that's, that's wrong, and you'll get bitter, and you'll become hard if you try to do things like that. Just forgive and keep on going, and bless those who curse you. Um, those that would uh, persecute you, just bless them, and just keep your, keep your focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Lord, He'll deal with all that stuff. But, but um, you know, those, those words and those accusations, maybe, maybe you hear those things. Those are the things sometimes that can get through. But just don't pay any attention of it. Just keep on going. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness. 
Praise God. Because there are a lot of people, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just, they're just totally stirred up by Satan. Satan stirs people up there. They don't even really realize they are vehicles of the devil, that he rides on them and works through them and works through their vocal cords and works their actions. And, you know, later after he's lifted, they don't even realize, what did I, did I actually do that? Wow. Ooh. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't even really realize it. So we want to continue on, focus on the Lord. Everything's going to be good. Your life is getting better and better and better. You're just like Job. There's protection and everything is just flourishing and prospering and increasing in your life. Just continue to serve Lord, serve the Lord because it's only getting better. Heavenly Father, bless, 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 bless your people. Hallelujah. Father, if this message just bumps the 20% up to 22. That would just be wonderful. If just, if there's just some that are touched, we just thank you father, because they're going to realize the blessing of that hedge and that rebuking of the devourer. There's going to be relief. That's going to come. Uh, those of you that are stepping in this, you're going to, you're going to feel relief. Woo. Let me say this again. Let, let me, let me, let me share this. The enemy can bark. Satan can bark like the wildest, Dog, dog that you would think is just like this rabid dog that's just just barking and just you would think that would tear you up, but it's just the barking of the dog. It can it can startle you, but it can't hurt you. You have to understand that about the enemy, that you have this protection, you have this hedge, and he could he could be on the outside barking, growling, wanting to get through, but just realize he can't get through. He can't. God's protective hedge holds him back. Now you may hear that barking. You may hear that anger, but uh, don't let that phase you. Don't let that throw you. Just praise the Lord as you go. Walk in the joy of the Lord. Love God. Love people. Because a lot of the barking comes through people who are yielding to Satan. But just love the Lord. Love people. Don't respond in a, in a negative, nasty way. Just stay focused with the Lord. Praise God. And all will be well. Heavenly Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching today. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.